Welcome or welcome back to this week's episode. My name is Hannah Blesson and you're listening to Incredibly Real, a podcast where I hope to be 100% real with you. I think I've said this in every episode that I have a guest, but today is a very special episode because I have a very special guest and she can introduce herself. <laughs> Hi guys, my name's Ikra. I'm a sophomore at UIC majoring in psychology. Um, I guess a fun fact about me is that my name means read in Arabic, and I actually work at a bookstore. Well, specifically Barnes & Noble, but I just think it's funny how that worked out. And I'm super excited to be on the podcast today. I'm very happy to have you on the podcast as well. And so I thought before we get into the episode, we can go through the highs and lows of the week. So what were your highs and lows? Um, so I would say for a high this week, I watched the movie 500 Days of Summer for the first time. And I know that was super popular um, when we were in high school and when, back when everyone was watching it. And I kind of had mixed feelings about it. Um, I like how it's like different than most rom-coms where it's a lot more realistic. But also I feel like I go into most rom-coms like hoping that like I'll be all happy and fluffy at the end or whatever. But I enjoyed it. And then a low, I recently recovered from covid but I still do not have a sense of smell. So still waiting for that to come back. Um, but Hannah, how about you? The high of my week was today. So today is January 1st. The first episode of the season came out today. And the high was I was at Marshall's today. And since it's New Year's, there was no one in the store. It's like barely anyone was there. So I was just like stacking shelves. And also, yeah, it was I was just stacking shelves and it was good. And then a low of my week, really a little stressful situation at work. I'm going to say this in the next episode as well. I didn't realize how similar. Anyway, it's fine, whatever. Anyways, I had a stressful situation at work that I'm still dealing with. So hopefully everything works out tomorrow at my other job. But yeah, those are the highs and lows of my week. But it's interesting that Ikra mentioned that her last, or no, not her last name, her name, Ikra, means read in Arabic because today we're going to be talking about the best TV show of all time. And you know, when I say that, a couple TV shows might come to, like, your mind, come to your mind, might come to mind, like The Office or Friends, which I hate Friends, so that doesn't come to my mind at all. Stranger Things? Stranger Things or New Girl or whatever episode or whatever show you might think is the best show of all time. But the best show of all time is our beloved children's show, Arthur. Arthur the Aardvark is the (laughs) best character of all time. And Arthur is the best TV show of all time. We're going to get into that in this week's episode. But, um, thought it'd be cool to talk about like a couple like the brief history of Arthur so it started based on a book by Mark Brown and the book is actually based off of a story like no like the idea for the book came from um a bedtime story that Mark Brown told his son and that kind of sparked the idea for Arthur but then it was later turned into a tv show so if you want to read the wikipedia description for it Arthur is a Canadian American animated educational television series for children's ages four to eight created by Cookie Jar Group formerly known as CNAR and WGBH for PBS. The show is set in the fictional American city of Elwood City and revolves around the lives of eight-year-old Arthur Reed, an anthropomorphic artwork, his friends and family, and their daily interactions with each other. Or if you want a crash course version of that, it follows young boy and his friends through the challenges of childhood. (laughs) We love this show and we want to talk about it today. Why don't we start off with a couple fun facts? It is partially based off of Mark Brown's life when I did some research on it. You know, like there's characters in the show that are that mirror his life exactly. Like I'm pretty sure, I, I'm not complete. I think I saw this one, but Principal Haney was a principal that Mark Brown had. It's based off of Mark Brown's third grade experience. So Principal Haney, Brinky Barnes is based off of a real person. That's not the name, but it's based off of a real person. Um, Grandma Thora, Mark Brown actually had a Grandma Thora. 
um, DW, his young- Arthur's younger sister, was based off of, oh, his younger sister, Kim. I think that's really cool how he incorporated his little, like his life experiences into the show and how personal it is to him. So if you guys have heard the Arthur theme song, you know that it's an absolute jam. And it was actually sung by Barb Molly, Barb? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can talk. Um, The theme song is actually sung by Bob Marley's son. And Hannah is very passionate about this. I'll let Hannah talk about this, but there's a cover of the song sung by Chance the Rapper that is just, I don't know what about it, just makes it so angelic. But anyway, Hannah, I can let you elaborate. So yeah, I would say like the original theme song, I hope they put that theme song on Spotify Mm because I have a playlist with every song that I've ever loved in my entire life. And that theme song is in there. Like, I legitimately would love to have that song on Spotify so I can add it to my playlist. Because, like, I don't know, when you hear the opening drums of... Oh, my gosh. It brings back so many happy memories. Do-do-do-do. Yes. When you're walking down the street, like, oh. I, like, I had a very specific Arthur watching schedule. Like, every day after school, Arthur was on from, I think, like, four to five or something like that and every single day i religiously watch this show and so hearing that theme song i'm like transported back to like after school fourth grade yes and i don't know back to when life was so much simpler (laughs) yes that that theme song it's i i will make my kids watch the show but i'm very passionate about that theme song and i've heard very many like different covers of it but the best cover that I ever heard of that theme song was Chance the Rapper's version. You can find it on YouTube. I'll have it linked. But the Chance the Rapper version of this song, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It will take the most beloved childhood like theme song mm-hmm. and make it amazing. Like there's just the part where it's like, what was the part? It's like the chorus comes in and like, like it's just, all it's these so people's pretty. voices and the drums yeah. and it's like. It just makes me feel very hopeful about life. I don't know. Just We've talked about the theme song for a bit, but the theme song, is one, <laughs> I think that the theme song really dictates how a show will go. Or maybe, no, not, that's not the case. The Friends show has a very good theme song. I've already bashed on Friends twice in this episode. Wow. <laughs> I feel like but, the theme songs of TV shows get me more excited about them, you know? Yeah. Like, if you don't skip a theme song on, like, you know, on Netflix, you can skip the theme song. Mm-hmm. You know a show is, like top tier when you don't skip the theme song the same thing for arthur theme song is wonderful and i hope one day they'll have it on spotify or any other music platform speaking it into existence yes please put it on spotify anyways moving on so as you can tell we've been talking for a bit about like the theme song how much we love it but there's so much more we love about the show so i thought it'd be cool to talk about i mean obviously this whole episode is what we like about the show and so we're gonna get into what we like about the show so the first thing that we have here is that it's diverse in all forms like this show was ahead of its time there were so many like well-represented groups like religiously socially economically racially the characters all have such diverse backgrounds which is so ahead of its time because this show came out in like when did it come out i think it was 96 yeah which Okay, if you, if you take, I'm sorry, I'm using The Office because that's an iconic show, but like if you look at The Office's earlier episodes in like the early 2000s, there were some jokes that were like questionable for our times today, like very yeah. controversial. But this show never made, I mean, obviously it's a children's show, you kind of have to make sure it's not controversial. The fact that it included such diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. compared to any other show, it's not like it's not just white people or anything. I mean, obviously they have animals, but like it's not like, okay, so you have Arthur, but you have Arthur where it's like you're classic 
Caucasian household, like your <laughs> classic American household. But then you have other things like right. Buster, who has divorced parents. He's raised by a single mom. Um, Francine, whose socioeconomic background isn't like as much as Muffy, who's very rich. And but then they're still well. best friends, you know. Yeah, I think and, they like really seamlessly yeah. like blend the different backgrounds together. Mm-hmm. I feel like in other shows. I don't know. I feel like they kind of make a show of like, oh, like look how diverse we are. Like we have yes. this whole show dedicated yes. to like one cultural background or like, wow, like give us praise for like including like X character, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like in Arthur, it's just like I said, it's really seamless and like they like diversity is a natural thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the show mm-hmm. makes it a natural thing. Like it shows normal life. Like that is the world that we see. It's not just white people or it's not just brown people or whatever it's like all different types of people and i love how they include that in elwood city it's a very diverse community what other ones there's well yeah so francine's jewish arthur has a muslim pen pal which yes get get into this was probably one of the most exciting forms of representation for me as a kid i mean like i'm sure every like other people from south asian backgrounds can relate like growing up we had no representation right and even in terms of muslim representation there was zero Mm -hmm. and so the fact that arthur had a muslim pen pal who celebrated the same holidays as me like i remember in one episode his pen pal was like yeah it's like ramadan and i'm gonna start fasting and i was like oh my Mm -hmm. gosh like me and my family do that that was the first time i saw someone on tv have a similar background to me so that always made me really happy yeah okay this is something i thought of when i was in the bathroom (laughs) i was taking a poop and i thought of this i'll include this in the podcast i don't care it's the deepest thoughts yes the deepest thoughts are on the toilet right but i was thinking about this you know like how marvel just recently came out with like a muslim character yeah, like, this is a huge superhero enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. And they just came out with a Muslim character, whereas Arthur, ahead of its time, mm-hmm. he has a freaking Muslim pen pal and he's out here in yes. Turkey or whatever. It's just like, or like Hispanic people, like they have neighbors that are from Ecuador or I don't know, there's so many different, or like Binky adopts a Chinese sister, like yeah. his sister is Chinese or there's so much like, oh, Sue Ellen's, I mean, Sue Ellen's family is like different because they travel the world and they're very... Her parents are like diplomats and they're just like very culturally informed. Yeah, aware of everything and just, I don't know, like it's not just racial, but like socioeconomic and like religious, like uh, Jewish, Muslim, Christian. Um, I think there's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 carry on. I was going to say, I think it's really cool how like the characters will appreciate each other's like cultures Mm. or religions. Yeah. Did, Did Francine have a bar mitzvah or am I... Am I like making this up in my brain? No, her no, no. It's her cousin's bar mitzvah, and she wanted or she had the bowling tournament, but then they had the the yes. bar mitzvah, and she had to go to the bar mitzvah. That but then so she also wanted episode. to go to the bowling tournament, and that was like a whole episode. But that's cool. Like there's Hanukkah and there's bar mitzvah, and like I like mm. how they included that. Ugh, I could go on for days about how beautifully done that is. In terms of um, representing like different social and economic backgrounds. The thing that I like about the show is they don't try to sugarcoat anything. Like, they're not making things, like, harsh for kids. But they also, like, show how, like, there are issues that kids deal with, right? Like, Buster's... That's a great segue, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Buster's... Like, Hannah mentioned, like, Buster's mom is a single parent. Francine feels insecure because her dad's, like, uh, a garbage man. But I don't know. Were there any other issues? Or, like, like, in terms of diversity? No, I think that's a great place to, like... um 
segue because because like okay you kind of touched on this like the whole idea of show don't tell is like very well done in the show because like Mm -hmm. you mentioned i mean you can talk about this but like they don't like they present a theme or a moral in the episode but it's not like they sit us down and talk to us about what we learned in the episode it's just shown and then you generally understand it like we'll get into this in like a couple we'll get into this but like i like how they didn't talk down to kids it's like they got on the level of a child but they didn't make them seem like oh they're a child they're not as mature in understanding this we're gonna make it babyish for them it's like no like they made it i don't know an adult way of explaining it but still in a way that a child would understand it like obviously in shows like i don't know dora where it's definitely targeted where it's definitely targeted towards a younger audience they have to be really blunt and be like Mm -hmm. yeah friends and that's why we share with others and so i guess like it makes sense like if you're you're making a show for a three-year-old you got to just give them the message Mm -hmm. head on but i think arthur is more for like kids who are I don't know, getting a little older into like middle childhood and they kind of give them the chance to like empathize with a with a problem that someone's going through and like kind of extract the meaning out of it based on like that thought wasn't going anywhere. Anyways, they give the kids a chance to like make inferences, you know, and like understand like where the moral is coming from rather than just being like, this is it. When I was a kid, I never, like, watched the episode to learn a lesson. I just watched because I wanted to escape from reality and watch another. You know, that's what kids do when they watch TV. Yeah. I think in subtle ways, I would remember an episode when a certain situation would happen. Like, sit, like the, the way they presented a message in a relatable way where it's like, it's like a crash course version of life where they it's like a life manual almost it's like when this situation happens or a similar type of situation this is how you should approach it but not like in a way that's like and when you shouldn't lie you shouldn't steal you shouldn't do this and that you shouldn't swear it's like okay we'll get into this i don't want to reveal too much but we'll get into this but i love the idea of show don't tell is what i'm getting at it kind of reminds me of there's a show called ned's declassified school survival guide Mm -hmm. where he's like this is the problem and then like they kind of show like how like him and his friends deal with it i feel like that's exactly what arthur does Mm -hmm. you know where like you you can take the situation and apply it to your own life you know like you like you can identify like oh my god like that's what happens with me and my friends you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like we mentioned before, Arthur covers lots of different issues directly related to kids. And it kind of reminded me of a sociology class I took last semester called the Sociology of Childhood and Youth. And one of the main themes um, in the class was focused around how adults tend to reduce the difficulty of the problems kids face just because like childhood is considered like this really innocent and like simple time. But in reality, kids have struggles that are very real and like they're happening in very formative years of their life. The struggles that you have in childhood have lasting impacts on you, like into your adult life, you know? Mm. But anyway, that's kind of getting off track. I think Arthur does a good job of like zooming in on the problems that kids face, like bullying and insecurity, but like we'll get into that later. Um, and shows how they find the means to confront those things in like the best way that they understand as mm-hmm. kids, you know? We can get but, into like specific issues that they cover in the show and there are some that like are personal to us we have listed dyslexia asperger's syndrome asthma cancer blindness financial instability test anxiety ptsd panic attacks disability swearing weight gain bullying picky eating bedwetting stuffed animals i did we didn't include this in the list but divorce is also another one adoption there are some that we wanted to touch on that like 
really made an impact on us because we still remember those episodes and the best like they explain these issues in the best way possible for kids but also even for us to understand like even watching the episode on Asperger's syndrome where George meets a kid with Asperger's syndrome it's like the way they explain Asperger's in that episode changed my life because like we now understand what that disease is you know I mean I very specifically remember like how I felt after watching that episode because I feel like it really opened my eyes to just like disability in general because I think like as a kid unfortunately I had like kind of a stigmatized view of it Mm -hmm. just because of like the way society tends to treat disability and like even the way that I think this episode was one of the first times that I had seen disability like in a kids tv show Mm -hmm. um at least like amongst the ones that I had watched like on Disney channel I feel like there was never yeah any kind of representation and like it just made me understand like Asperger's syndrome so much better and I was like oh like I know kids like that and like I I then understood like oh like this makes sense I wanted to add to that like obviously this is a children's show so it's trying to be as educational as possible in the most like the best way possible but like i would say that this is the element of a really good tv show is showing reality in the best way like reality in a very relatable way because it's like i don't know if you watch like any other like more adult show about anything it's like they show disability but i feel like more often than not it's like the butt of a joke you know what i mean like unfortunately if they show like a blind person they're gonna make fun of the blind person or like some weird way of putting a disability in a show or like i don't know it's just like they show disability in a slightly negative light compared to like this show obviously again it's a children's show so they're trying to show and explain it to kids but like honestly that's what i love about the show that like it represents it well and not in a terrible way another like issue that i thought was cool specifically was asthma so buster baxter has asthma and there was a whole episode about that and i remember like everyone's like oh i'm gonna catch asthma it's a disease or whatever and then at the end of the show or like well, the whole show was like a recap of Buster explaining to DW how he found out he had asthma and how he started to deal with it. And like the way Buster explains it to DW is like the way I feel like the audience will also understand it because DW is a kid and we're also kids. But like the way Buster explains it to DW is that it feels like he's breathing through a straw. And like that description mm-hmm. in and of itself is like a great way of showing like how they explain it so simply to children and how they'll be able to understand it so it's like i remember after that episode like my brother and i like took a straw and tried breathing through (laughs) it and tried to understand like what asthma felt like yeah i don't know like that episode was i that's like a very minor instance but like all these episodes do a really great job of that and i think the way that um they showed like buster being like kind of isolated from his peers like just Mm -hmm. because he has asthma like in the show you're like oh like that's so mean but that's just the reality of like being a third grader you know like when you're Mm -hmm. in elementary school you get picked on for like the littlest things because they're kids and like they don't really understand yeah it's like i think seeing that perspective i think little kids can like identify like oh this happens in my classroom and so like i think it could like subtly prompt them to like change their behavior and like understand like the situation of kids around them you know Mm -hmm. another one i touched on is cancer so mrs mcgrady had cancer so mrs mcgrady is the lunch lady and what 
touched me about this episode is that Mrs. McGrady is like the beloved lunch lady. Like she's mm-hmm. the sweetest woman at their school. Like they all love her because they serve like she serves them lunch and they all love the lunch. I mean, sometimes they don't like the lunch, but like it's just the fact that like someone so close to you could get some like a disease that's so serious. And it's also a disease that like kids won't be able to understand. Like for us, it's like like uh, we know like about benign and malignant tumors and how like cancer is just like an overgrowth of cells. But like how is a kid supposed to understand that, you know? Right. Like, I remember in the episode they were afraid, like, oh what if I catch cancer or something like mm-hmm. is it commun like is it able to be communicated over to me or whatever like I don't know I just thought that was a very like sweet way of presenting the issue of can't because cancer is something that has affected all of us in different ways like we have loved ones or we know of people who have right. cancer and are affected yeah. by it like the fact that they brought it into the show I think is very very nice it's such a hard thing for kids to wrap their head around mm-hmm. and I think like the way that they showed how it really just comes down to like showing people that you care for them yes um I think that was really well done blindness is another disability like there's yeah. a couple disabilities we have like yeah blindness um the wheelchairs but yeah specifically blindness Prunella's friend I don't remember her name but she has she's blind and I mean, I, I think yeah. I think something they did really well in that episode is Prunella kind of talks about how like she had never like met a blind person before, and she she feels like she needs to help her friend with everything, and kind mm-hmm. of I mean like she's a kid, right? And so she feels like she needs to like pity her friend and like mm-hmm. feel bad for her, but then um, her friend kind of explains like. She gets really frustrated, obviously, because like she doesn't want this different treatment. And she explains like, hey, I don't need your pity. I more or less just like need you to treat me like anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's a really important message to get across to kids because. I mean, it is because like you're going to meet people that are different than you. And right, often yeah. like, I don't know, even now when I meet someone with a disability, like I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I don't know like how, like what jokes mm-hmm. will make like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, what if. This sound. I mean, I'm trying to be real. Like sometimes, it's like, what if my ability to do something that they can't do makes them feel bad? Like, what if I do something that will make them feel bad? And I think that episode, and also the wheelchair episode, we can also talk to uh, talk about that one right now. But this episode was actually really cool because the character. I don't remember what the name of the character with the wheelchair, but there's a character who uses a wheelchair and she's disabled and i think the coolest thing it's kind of a side tangent but the coolest thing about the character is that it was presented by a fan which i think is another testimony of how great the show is because they care about their fans and they want to see their input as well so they brought in like they had someone they had a i think it was like a contest to draw a new character yeah 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 right and like they added a character with a wheelchair and they also kind of touched on like the similar um, messages from the episode on blindness i guess i don't know that i thought that i was really cool. liked that character though she was so cool like mm-hmm. she was like the star basketball player and like yeah um i think it was the brain that was like yeah the brain yeah hanging out with her i think yeah and i think that's another cool idea is that like their disability shouldn't take away from the fact that they're still a very cool person that is worth getting to know and i think again the episode does a great job of showing that but not saying that outright you know like it shows like even though this person might be set back a little bit different than us like they're still equal to us in that they still have wonderful qualities that make them an amazing human being it really just shows that like a disability does not define someone yes you know like it just because someone has a disability does not mean they're not capable of doing the same things as you, you know? Amen. Um, Amen. <laughs> I nice. disagree with that so much. Um, 
And then I think the last two that we wanted to touch on, like an issue, or actually no, not last two. We're gonna get into insecurities that kids deal with, but like two cool issues that they actually I want to include divorce as well. They show Buster's parents; they're divorced. It's not really shown, like it's not really mentioned throughout the show. But it's I remember there's it's implied, and I remember in the Father's Day episode. I think yeah, I think Icarus touched on this, but like this whole show has this theme of empathy and understanding another person's life and that it might not be the same as yours but everyone's going through something and you have to understand that and like you know accommodate that and like be kind to everyone you know treat people with kindness Harry Styles but yeah Buster's parents are divorced and I remember in the Father's Day episode I remember like there was all like Arthur was really worried that Buster would feel left out because his dad wouldn't be there and like it's implied because his dad travels I think he's a pilot right i really don't remember that much about buster's dad to be yeah buster's dad's like here and there but um mystery man yeah mystery man but he like i I remember like the characters feeling bad for him because he's like his dad won't be there or whatever it's implied Mm -hmm. that his parents are divorced so it kind of shows like the difference in like a normal like a a quote-unquote normal parent household where they have both parents versus another household where they might not have both parents and how it's different for certain holidays and events and everything and it's a very subtle way of touching on divorce, but I feel like kids with divorced parents would appreciate that, you know, right. like that they can see a bit of themselves or a bit of their life in the show because mm-hmm. they should see like one of their characters also struggles with that, I guess. And then another thing is like financial instability. So we talked about that, like Francine Frensky economically is a bit lower on the economic ladder versus Muffy Crossquire, who has rich parents and has a business, her family owns a business and everything is well off versus, you know, her dad is in waste disposal and that's like his job and everything. I think they touch on how like there are certain instances where she might not be able to afford certain things compared to Muffy who can get anything at her command, you know? And I think it also shows how, like, your differences don't need to define your friendship. Yes. Like, the way that, like, Muffy lives in, like, this huge mansion, like, has all these nice things, but Francine lives in her... an apartment Mm -hmm. but then they're like best friends yeah like differences don't define like how close you guys can be you know yeah and i also think that is a great way of showing like a lot of money doesn't make doesn't necessarily make you happy like Mm -hmm. i remember like there was the episode i think it was my dad the garbage man that specific episode where like Catherine was like she made a comment like oh i wish you had a normal office job or whatever like you were a normal like person or whatever and um i don't know i think the episode implied at the end of the day like it doesn't matter how much money you have like there's always ways to be happy and like money doesn't bring you happiness like it's not ever going to bring you happiness and i love that message in the episode oh my gosh so uh i was a a little chubby kid right and it was like one of my biggest insecurities growing up you know um (laughs) you don't have to put this in the podcast but when i was little well this isn't incredibly real yeah it's incredible when i was little i like i always felt so insecure because like we'd go to like the girls plus section or whatever Mm. and i was like, me, too. me too yeah. me too me too me too me too and it always made me feel so sad yeah but anyways and arthur there's an episode where he has this costume for like a school play mm-hmm. and he doesn't fit into it because he gains some weight and it just <laughs> it made me feel so understood that yeah. sounds silly but like 
as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this is normal. This like, this happens to kids. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that episode, like having it like a lasting impact on me. I agree with you because I remember like being at school. I was also a chubby kid. Like I remember, oh, this is, I mean, it's incredibly real. I'll share the experience. I was a chubby kid. I remember there was this one kid on the playground who literally came up to me and was like, are you pregnant? Because I gained a lot more weight in my stomach area. So it kind of like, I had a very round belly area, but like he came up to me. He's like, are you pregnant? And I was like, oh my God, God, kids are such jerks sometimes. Very specific memory. But I, and I remember seeing all these like skinny girls. Like there were girls around me who were so like, they were stick thin. I was like, I wish I was her. But then the episode where it's like, he's in the husky section. Yes. It just, I don't know. There's something so relatable about that. I just connected. Thank you for showing a kid that's our weight and not someone who's stick thin. Because obviously, I mean, I'm not saying anything against people who are stick thin. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's just for me as a chubby kid growing up and seeing someone else on a show that was also chubby and dealing with Mm -hmm. that. Like, thank you for making that relatable. Yeah. And you're like, you know how in some TV shows, like, there's like the token, like, um chubby friend you know mm-hmm. but then they're always made into a joke mm-hmm. yeah. always yeah. um and i think the fact that like arthur is the main character and he's the one that like struggles with this yeah. was really important yeah i also like the way his friends reacted to it like our friends and also the way dw kind of helped him because he she was, was like, so supportive she yeah. like, made sure that he was eating healthy and everything and i mm-hmm. love that about their sibling dynamic but also really like cute. when brain and buster find out i remember like watching that clip recently it was like well there has been more of of you lately oh <laughs> i love the way they word that in the episode but some of the other insecurities that we're not really going to touch on for the sake of time are bullying piggy eating yeah there's others but that's what we have down here but anyways we wanted to move on i mean we've already touched on many episodes but we want to talk about our favorite episodes yes and so what we have listed here are a couple do you want to talk about your favorite episode see i have so many it's really hard to choose but i think one that like sticks out in my mind the most is this episode called the return of the king where the like arthur's like little class they all take a trip to this like medieval fair and they like take part in all these competitions like busters and like a pie eating contest or something there's like this uh sword stuck in a stone which i'm not like too familiar with but like i'm sure it's based off of some historical moment i'm so sorry for my lack of knowledge basically like everyone's trying to like get the sword out and of course like the very stereotypical trope like sorry uh, king arthur girl i don't know um very stereotypically like the person they would like least expect to be able to pull it out pulls it out and it's arthur it was arthur right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah and he pulls it out and i just thought that episode was so fun because like so many different things were going on and like it was just lots of fun you can talk about multiple episodes like talk about um oh my gosh i this episode is like one of my number one favorites so it's called postcards from buster and Basically, Buster has his like own little segment where he like gets postcards from people around the world. But in this episode, he like takes a trip with his dad. This is where Mystery Man comes in. I don't watch this episode, but I agree with what you're saying. Anyways. Uh, Buster takes a trip with his dad to, I believe, New York City. Um, and he's, like, recording the whole thing for, like, his friends. But the cool part about the episode is that everywhere they go, there's clips of, like, real kids in the city that they're visiting. And they're, like, showing him around their town. So he goes to, I don't remember what city it was, but he goes to this city and, like, this this little girl who, like, actually lives in the city, like, in real life, takes him to her dance studio. Another little girl, like, in another city 
takes him to like her favorite restaurant in Chinatown and it's just really cool the way they kind of like had a mixed media setup I just thought that was a lot of fun and a really good segue into um like the postcards from Buster like side gig they had going on the spin-off show some of my favorite episodes are the fright stuff so i mean most of my friends know this about me but when it's that time of year where it's like october and spooky season hits i love yes spooky season i don't Mm -hmm. know i there's just this is a weird quirk about me but i love scaring myself so (laughs) any like halloween episodes on tv as a kid i loved them because there was always like a spooky element to it i think the fright stuff was where they had that big halloween party at like it must must hosted it and it was like the yeah, scarier yeah. pants like they had the lady who wrote the scarier pants off book series who was reading and then it was in this like old house or yes whatever. yes yes so right. iconic yeah basically they have this episode where like the guys and the girls are trying to pull pranks on each other they're trying to be like spooky pranks or whatever mm-hmm. and at the end of the episode there was like this one prank that they were like wait if you guys didn't do it and who like i didn't do it who was it and then like kind of like cut to the end where they show like this post credit scene where they see these ghosts and they were actually yeah. the ones playing pranks i don't know there were such like interesting elements i think i don't know one thing i appreciate about the episode was like uh i think brain was the one that like was dressed up um specifically relating to an edgar Allan poe story i think he was the telltale heart yeah yeah it was the telltale heart and i love that's like out of all the things that edgar Allan poe has written he's written really weird stuff that is my favorite one because it's so creepy Mm -hmm. it always gets my heart beating as well because you hear the heart beating in the like the 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 story i don't know anyways i love that they include that and um that was a really fun episode if you want like a nice like if you don't like scary movies that time of year that is a good episode to watch because it gets you in that like spooky mode you know (laughs) yeah i love that episode it's so wholesome and cute but also halloween right um we both love the arthur's perfect christmas episode there's just something about what i loved about it is because most episodes of arthur are 15 minute segments like Mm -hmm. one 30 minute episode with like two 15 minute like shorter whatevers yeah but the arthur christmas special was just a whole hour of uninterrupted Mm storyline and that's what i loved about it and just like i don't know even though i'm muslim and i don't celebrate christmas i love the holiday season it just Mm -hmm. makes me really happy and so as a kid the arthur watching the arthur christmas special was kind of how i like kicked off my like holiday cheer i guess Um, um what i like about the episode is that they didn't just feature christmas they did touch that christmas was the holiday that celebrated celebrated that time of year right they showed francine celebrated hanukkah like they that was part of the storyline how like francine didn't come to the holiday or the christmas party because she's celebrating hanukkah with her family it's like Mm -hmm. she specifically says to muffy like do you see why this is important to me and why i don't want to miss this like i Mm -hmm. love how they included it they also showed how brain alan whatever you want to call him the brain the brain celebrates kwanzaa which is like that's so cool it's not touched on this time of year but kwanzaa is a holiday that people celebrate which i think is really cool that they explained that and then george celebrates saint lucy which i think is also very cool so it's like i don't know i love how they didn't just include christmas like i i'm christian i celebrate christmas but i love how they acknowledge that there's other holidays that go on that time of year because i mean the way that like i felt so happy to see that like arthur has a muslim pen pal Mm -hmm. kids who celebrate kwanzaa and hanukkah yeah. just feel so represented because like i feel like during the holiday season like a lots of entertainment is like christmas focused yeah. so mm-hmm. i think including that is super important especially for a kids show 
a funny thing I noticed in this episode is like when the crosswires come over to the Frenskis house. So the Frenskis are the one that celebrate Han- Hanukkah. The crosswires are the one that threw the big Christmas party. So Muffy is friends with Francine, Muffy Crosswire. She comes over to their house and I remember her dad at Crosswire comes in bringing a whole ham for Francine's dad. <laughs> and Francine's dad just looks at the ham. He's like, thanks. Like, because <laughs> if you didn't know, ham isn't kosher. So it's really funny mm-hmm. that they included that in the episode. It's like a little yeah. nuance that no one would probably pay attention to. But like looking back, it's like, wow, right. that's funny. Like, that's a good <laughs> joke. What else? There was another thing I wanted to include about this episode. Oh, so even though the theme song isn't on Spotify, what is on Spotify is Arthur's Perfect Christmas album. The yep. whole album full of bops. And I also love that they take, okay, for holiday songs, I feel like the ones that are more known are the ones that are like more secularized. Like not the ones celebrating like specifically the religious side of Christmas. Like, you know, you know, Jingle Bell Rock and everything. Right. But I like how they took the religious songs and added a little twist to it. Like, Silent Night, no one who isn't Christian would listen to that song. Like, it's like a boring, I mean, sorry, it is a boring song. But I like <laughs> how they made it a rock. Like, if you listen to it, it's like a rock. It's like, Silent Night. Like, it's, it's yeah. Fern singing and she's singing a rock version, which I think is really cool. It's so fun. Or like, the first Noel. They show, like, there's, what I like about the album, sorry, I'm talking about the album specifically, but the album shows, like, DW singing certain songs. And what I love about it is that she messes <laughs> up the songs. So, like, the first Noel is like, the, like, the originally the song is the first Noel, the angels did say, but instead of that, she says, the first Noel, the second Noel, the third Noel. Very on brand. Noel. If you need more Noels, I don't have any more, like, something like that. And it's just really funny that they did that. And then my favorite song from the Christmas album is A Boogie Woogie Christmas. Yes! Oh have my a boogie gosh. woogie Christmas and a rockin' and a real and That's such a beautiful I song. I love, I feel like that deserves more attention. And they also have Jewish songs on there too, like mm-hmm. Jewish like songs in Hebrew that like, I was about to say songs in Jewish. <laughs> oh no. But they have songs in Hebrew that like Francine would sing with her family as well. So it's not, it's like, I love how inclusive. And then Kwanzaa, there's a Kwanzaa song. Mm-hmm. Like, and St. Lucia is also like Georgia's specific holiday. Like, it's so perfect. Anyways, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I mean, this comes out in March. But if you're in the Christmas spirit in March, go listen to the perfect Christmas album, I guess. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into our favorite characters, our favorite main characters, and also our favorite secondary characters. Ikra, what is okay. your favorite main character? So I would have to say, just because I see, weirdly see myself as arthur he has to be one of my favorite characters i actually dressed up as arthur for halloween last year well no 2019 sorry um but anyways yeah he's just like very awkward and i don't know i am very awkward the silly little problems that arthur has and like the way he approaches those problems in like the least effective ways possible is very much how i approach life (laughs) Um, what about your favorite secondary character oh favorite secondary character i think what's his face george because when i was younger i was like such a shy kid like i barely ever talked in class i was so so quiet and george is kind of the same way like he's so shy that he has like a little puppet who's like kind of his only friend which sounds really sad but um, that's like yeah like the only time his personality really comes out is when he's talking to his puppet and i think like as like a super shy kid i was like oh hey like i'm like 
like that too. Yeah. How about you? Oh, you know, it's interesting that your favorite main character is Arthur. Mine is Buster. And they're best <laughs> friends. Oh my hey. god. Anyways, um, yeah, our favorite, like my favorite main character would have to be Buster. I see a lot of myself in him because he's, I would also say Buster is slightly awkward. He has like an awkward yeah. humor where it's like out of nowhere, he'll make a comment and it's like, huh? Like what? You know? It's like he's the only one that gets the jokes. Yes. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I'll make a joke and I'm like, oh, I'm so funny. You know, like, I, you know, like there's that yeah. one episode where he like takes a long time to think of a joke and he's really proud of it. And then I think it was Brain or Binky that steals his joke and he's like, he stole my joke. Like, I'm the exact <laughs> same way where it's like, I, I just, I think I'm like the same type of vibe. He also mm-hmm. loves food. That's all he ever thinks about. And I'm the same way. Like, my family's like, do you have any other thoughts in your head other than your next meal? Like, what is this? And that's exactly <laughs> Buster. Like, that's all he thinks about. Like, he, he had a whole like vlog of all the cafeteria food and he knows when there's going to be certain cafeteria food i'm the exact same way because i remember last year when i was like you know when i dormed at uic mm-hmm. for the dining hall i always knew the menu because i would look it up i'm <laughs> buster baxter guys he also had that like little glass case in his room full of like i don't even know what it was like interesting food he had come across but he also had like memories attached to them as too like too oh <laughs> and i think i also relate to that because i think buster is also a sentimental guy i'm a sentimental oh. gal as well i feel like my whole that kind of reminds me of how you used to save receipts oh i still do yeah buster saves his food you save the receipts yes how about your favorite secondary? My favorite secondary character, Mr. Rapper. They see him as this strict teacher, but there's so much mm-hmm. more to him. He's an onion. Like, there's so many more layers to him. Mr. Rapper um, likes doing puppetry for kids in his free time where they thought that he was this terrifying teacher who eats nails for breakfast and everything like I remember they specifically thought that and then like when Mr. Rapperin's house is damaged because of a snowstorm he stays at Arthur's house and I think it's cool because like Arthur figures out like at first Arthur's like oh he's gonna make me do all these math problems and everything but then he finds out like he actually has so much more to him like he found out like the TV shows that he likes and like all their little quirks to him he's just a big soft he also likes cake do you know how many times he shows up in episodes like oh mm. is there cake like i just love yeah about him so there's some other nuances of the show they have some celebrity guests they make pop culture references they have favorite hangout spots and there's also the traveling soccer ball which we'll get into some of the celebrity guests that they feature on the show are neil gaiman yo-yo ma matt damon alex trebek larry king the backstreet boys and fred rogers there's also many others and michelle kwan or garfunkel mm-hmm. whatever there's many other ones but these are the ones that were memorable to us and then I guess jumping into pop culture references, we're not going to get into them, but like Arthur had some like interesting parallels to the real world. So there's Pea Brain and Nuthead, which is a parallel to Beavis and Butthead in our world. Persimmony Glitchet mm-hmm. was a version of Lemony Snicket. Bionic Bunny and Dark Bunny are Superman and Batman. Henry Screever mm-hmm. is a version of Harry Potter. That was my favorite because <laughs> they had like a whole fandom. Mm-hmm. There were like side storylines. Mm-hmm. They were like super fans, just like Harry Potter fans are very, very intense. But There's also that was really cool. Spooky Poo, which is in relation to Scooby-Doo, World Girl, which is related to American Girl Dolls, The Squirrels is related to the Birds movie. Um, and then there's also like a slight reference to South Park, which is very subtle, but you'll like find it in an episode. These mm-hmm. are some of the references that they made to pop culture, which I thought were really cool. Another okay. interesting nuance of the show was the traveling soccer ball. Do you want to go into that? So basically, Arthur's neighbor, um, his name's Alberto. His family moves next door and he shows 
tells Arthur this like prized possession of his that's this soccer ball autographed by the super famous soccer player from Ecuador I believe and so one day Alberto loses the soccer ball and we kind of watched it like bounce away and then what was cool is that in later episodes for I want to say like a few seasons Mm -hmm. we like see the the soccer ball kind of travel along through the background it even went to Turkey like I remember Adil Mm -hmm. had it or saw it or something like that right and like thankfully it does end up back with Alberto Mm -hmm. but it's just really cool how they like carried it throughout all the episodes and it's like like an easter egg you know how in like yeah like in all the Marvel Mm -hmm. movies you like look for Stan Lee it was like oh let me see if the soccer soccer balls in this episode exact comparison exactly so i thought that was really cool yeah, the soccer ball is the stan lee mm-hmm. of the arthur universe and then like the final section that we wanted to get into is as much as we love the show this wouldn't be a proper critique without the things we also don't like about the show not necessarily the early show but the later seasons of the show that are like happening and mm-hmm. airing right now i know it's, I, I think Iker can relate to this as well. We both watched the show very late into our childhood. Like, I would say maybe mm-hmm. up until sixth grade, I was still watching the show. Sixth grade. Probably same, because I had a very, like, strict elementary school routine. Mm-hmm. Like, I am coming home and I am watching my show, yeah, yeah. you know? I think around sixth grade is when I started noticing that the shows, were, like, the episodes were, like, different. And I noticed this mm-hmm. in season 12 through 14. It's, like, the last of the original episodes like that's when like everything like kind of started shifting a little and noticed like slight differences that i was like this is not like i don't know the way they structured an episode was not the way they used to and i don't know how to explain Mm -hmm. this any further but like if you watch the episodes from the beginning through season Mm -hmm. 14 you'll see that like near the end they have the slightest transition yeah very subtle differences Mm -hmm. and just yeah but then you'll like notice 15 and onward is when everything is like very different and i think the number one thing that contributed to that is the change in production animation and we think that it kind of led to the decline according to wikipedia they were owned by cnr from seasons one through 15 so they were the beginning but then it changed to nine story entertainment and now it's oasis animation which i don't know i don't watch the show anymore but Mm. i think this is where the like everything started changing and the feel of the show started changing because i noticed okay this is kind of how i like related it when i like so my favorite movies of all time are narnia and the first two movies that they did were owned by disney but then the last one Mm -hmm. was done by 20th century fox as much as it is narnia and i love those movies there is a very significant difference in the third movie because it was done by 20th century fox and not disney because like the feel the creative vision is different and the way they approach that creative vision is also different i don't know the production animation i think led to the decline of the show at least for me i think like there was like noticeable differences in like the viewing experience i guess you can say like for me the biggest thing that i noticed was the change in animation i don't know like i always felt like the first few episodes that i saw like in like the newer seasons was how the characters looked very puppet like Mm -hmm. and their movements just became a lot more rigid which like doesn't really make sense to me because like if they're using more advanced animation you would think that it like flows better but it was just like a very obvious change i read in somewhere that like the animation that they used before like for the episodes and season that we liked that was Mm -hmm. a more expensive version of production versus Uh, what they're doing now i think i read that somewhere but don't quote me on that yeah carry on and I mean, like, I guess I understand 
as like technology is developing they had to like keep up with the times because like no one's gonna want to watch like an old-fashioned tv show and like there's all this 3d animation going Mm -hmm. on right i think the seeing a change in like a childhood show that was like so special to me is kind of like where i started to drift away from it because i was like oh this just isn't the same anymore and i guess like it was also at a time when like we were growing out of like shows like that so like that was probably part of the problem but but like I don't know. I I noticed. I mean, we wrote this down, but like the morals did not feel as substantive. Is that how you say the word? Right. Yeah. yeah. Because okay, in the beginning, it didn't feel like they were talking down to you in any. Like it just felt like a norm. Like I don't know. They had a more natural way of presenting the message. But I watched. Like I sent you a. I think I sent you a clip recently, mm-hmm. and it was just painful to watch. Like I'm sorry. I have to be brutally honest. It was really painful to watch because it finally like the show now felt like a kids show. I can watch any of the earlier seasons of Arthur and be like, you know, this can be like any other TV show. Like if you take the kids exactly. out of context and put them in. Context, it's the same like i can i can relate you know but now Mm -hmm. it's like a children's show where i'm like nah man i can't watch this like it's not good i think like it just feels very forced like everything like the conversations that they have like even just like the problems that they encounter rather than them being like things that come up naturally it's just like I don't know it just like feels tacky in a way I don't really know how else to describe it than like Mm. kind of cringy and like maybe it's because maybe uh, I don't know like maybe they're trying to target a younger audience and make the humor a little bit more interesting but I feel like for them for like the the earlier seasons of Arthur didn't like maybe they changed the writers but like the earlier seasons of Arthur was still funny but not in a cringy way like it was a very strategic funny like I liked their funny but now this funny Mm -hmm. is like cheesy kids like it's like I don't know watching any other kids show when I was a kid that I can't watch okay that's another thing when I watch kids shows as a kid I found them funny but now looking back some of them are like freaking cringy now it's Mm -hmm. like you know like Arthur the earlier seasons I can still watch it like I said but the later seasons that are on tv now I'm like no this is the type it's of kind of painful it's like, yes. yeah. i'm not going to take away from the fact that arthur is an amazing show we elaborated on that this entire episode but right there right. are things that changed about the show that aren't the same as we like once we used to know but obviously we don't watch the show anymore and we're way out of the age group that should be watching the show <laughs> so like whatever they're doing now maybe they know the target that their audience like their target audience, right but yeah Sorry. I think it's just sad to see something that like was so meaningful to us take such a bad turn. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just disappointed. Yeah. The way we could talk about this show for 24 hours if we really wanted to. If we wanted to, we could go into an in-depth analysis. Yeah, I'm gonna have in-depth sociological and psychological analysis of every episode. Imagine. Thank you, Ikra, for joining me for today's episode. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so Um, glad that we shared this interest together it's an amazing show like regardless of all the critiques we just made it's an amazing show i love that show Mm. dearly and i'm glad that i have a friend who shares it because like not many of my friends understand the (laughs) beauty of the show that is arthur and you do and i'm very appreciative thank you same I'm, I'm glad that i have a fellow arthur fan and i like i think it was like an unreasonably big part of my childhood me too me too and so i'm glad you feel the same way it, i think it definitely shaped me as a person my appreciation for the library was definitely um that song so iconic yeah i have it like as a quote in my room like i love that <laughs> um yeah it says having fun isn't hard when you got a library card i completely agree with that still agree with that it's educational it's so beautiful and amazing but it's 
it's it builds character it definitely does we love this show arthur has a special place in our hearts and we're really glad that we got to talk about the show today and yes i don't know who will listen to this episode but we hope that you shared the joys and the sorrows of the show that is arthur (laughs) um it's definitely part of who we are today and we're very thankful for the genius behind the show yes brown sir you did a great job i don't like thank you king i highly doubt he'll ever listen to this episode but mark brown like i'm astonished at like the show that like obviously again we have complaints but the show is so good ahead of its time just listen to the episode we already elaborated but i have more praise than complaints yeah and we talked about this for an hour and 45 minutes now but and we could go on for longer we could we wouldn't want to put you through that sorry guys um i'm gonna have a hard time editing this because there's so much i want to include but thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you for getting to the end of the episode if you did like we're very thankful that you did we hope you enjoyed this episode and we're very thankful that you came along for this wild ride um it's 1 a.m hopefully we insp- if you haven't seen arthur before hopefully we inspired you to go check it out we it's on youtube it's on amazon prime well, it's t- starting to be taken down off of youtube so maybe not the illegal way of watching youtube like youtube is kind of more the illegal version of it but it's on amazon right. prime the newer seasons still air on pbs how do i end this episode how do you usually end your episodes? I don't have a way of ending the episodes. You should, you'll hear the ends. It's not that strategic. Um, or if you are as big of a fan as we are, or if you really enjoyed it as a kid, we hope that you could relate mm-hmm. to some of the things that we said today. Yes. So yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you guys in my next episode.